But boy, Steve, I'm really happy to talk to you. <laughs> that's that's good to hear. Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Star Wars toys began, and Kenner continues the excitement. The Empire Strikes Back collection. El regreso del Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive podcast. It's the Kivecast. That Star Space Station, the snap open space hatch. Sometimes known as the Vintage Pod. Wow, what a weird train! A monthly audio magazine dedicated to vintage Star Wars toys and memorabilia. Hosted by Sky Payne, Hud, Chewbacca, and Stephen B. Dent. Market data mined by Brisbane Brisbane Mike. Luke Skywalker handles his saber well. And Fantastic Pete. Tech support by the low it's a sort of Halloweenish episode of the Kivecast. Sky lies consistently to Steve about editing the Luke Hoth episode while showing off the weirdest and creepiest Star Wars vintage item that has never been seen before. Phidias and CJ talk about the big pick, the recent warehouse find of vintage Star Wars stuff. And there's the introduction of a new monster serial killer in the Star Wars vintage community. It's neither traditional nor Gargan Largan. It's just the Kivecast, space freaks. Enjoy. Wampa Wampa. Welcome to Kivecast 65. Yeah, Steve, this is the first of two introductions that will be heard. <laughs> uh, we're doing something new this month. Uh, so what we're going to do, Steve, is basically... You know, we recorded the mysterious Luke Hoth episode. How many months right. ago, Steve? Do you know how many months ago that was? <laughs> it was before celebration, I think, actually. Yeah. It was about <laughs> six months ago. Yeah. And uh, it was all loosely based around this find that was made by right. Isaac Lev and Will Grief. Right, um, right. And so I recorded it, but for some reason I didn't. I don't know. We recorded it. For some reason I didn't release it. I don't really know what it was. I can't um, remember either. <laughs> Uh, I'm actually very excited to listen to it as I edit it. Um, and yeah. so it became kind of a joke that, you know, when is the lost episode ever going to be recorded? And then, Steve, you are part of this find that I don't really understand what it is or what's going on. So I'm going to learn about that today. Yeah, yeah. So this is basically going to be the, the find episode. So yeah, be... it's, it's funny how the timing worked out because, yeah, like you kind of had – you had a little experience with that one six months ago, and then all of a sudden, here we are, where I'm kind of all of a sudden having having this thing going on. So it seemed perfect to kind of time together. Yeah, but before going on, Steve, I want to talk about our new sponsor. <laughs> okay, our new sponsor, guys. You know how we like to play fantasy uh, baseball, right, fans? Right, space freaks? <laughs> well, we're really proud to tell you our new sponsor is King Duel. <laughs> uh, their tagline is, it's still just gambling on sports. Uh, and King Duel is the daily fantasy sponsor of the Kivecast. Now, the cool thing is, if you give our uh, code name, which is B-Wing, uh, they'll get you started. <laughs> they get you started on your losses with a gift of up to $200 right away that you can lose immediately. <laughs> now, the thing, Steve, about daily fantasy is that, you know, like the fantasy that we do, Steve? We're like friends. We right, know yeah. each other. We care about who we are. You don't need that anymore. You don't no. have to be invested. It's just <laughs> quick, emotionless loss of massive quantities of money. But hey, some jerk that doesn't exist won a million dollars, right? Oh, yeah. So anyways, 
if a long-term fantasy league is like a marriage, then think of King Duel as a trip to a brothel without the gonorrhea, <laughs> but with lots of buffalo dip. So yeah, we just love... How are you doing in your daily fantasy, Steve? <laughs> Not great. I mean, I'm, I'm, what I'm going to say is I'm glad that I never signed up for King Duel in the years that we uh, <laughs> we had our league, because uh, I'd both be like completely detached from the league, and I would be out a lot of money. At least this time I'm... You know, I'm not losing money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I apologize to everybody who doesn't think this is as funny as I do. But, Steve, I don't exaggerate, okay? I listen to uh, sports radio um, several hours a day. Right, I listen yeah. to podcasts about five or six. I listen to about ten hours of people speaking a day. Every Man. single one of them is sponsored by some daily fantasy thing. And yes, it's, it's true. It is just gambling. That's all it is, which is fine <laughs> if you want to gamble. But the house always wins if you do it. You're a sucker, okay? That's the podcast <laughs> vote. You do daily fantasy, you're a sucker. Keep your money. And you don't like it? Write a letter to Steve. Right. Yes, yes. <laughs> Anyway, I've, I've been meaning to get that off my chest for a while because, you know, yeah, we, yeah. we do these fake sponsorships and, you know, I'm sure stamps.com is fine or whatever. But, <laughs> boy, don't do Daily Fantasy. That's for saps. Not yeah, for, I'm not, not, uh, not on board with that. I'll, I'll agree with you. Not for space freaks. I think of it like heroin. Like, I'm sure it's fun, but it's just not a good idea. I'm not going to start. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's been a while since we recorded – um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's good to be back in the uh, the vintage twin pod, right? It's, yeah, <laughs> firing it up. <laughs> I gotta say, like I, I, you know, so I, I applied for tenure, so that right, requires yeah. making huge binder. And then... Let's say, yeah, the binders are back in your yes. life. I mean, they, they were they were a crucial thing maybe like a year ago, and now I saw that they were back. Yep, yeah, they're yeah. back, and hopefully, this is the last time we'll have to do a binder. Um, then it was my brother's fiftieth birthday party. Oh, cool. Um, so that was here. And that was pretty cool because um, some family friends were interested in listening to the podcast. And uh, <laughs> they're mostly bluegrass music enthusiasts. Um, really? Yeah, very nice people who I've known my entire life. They're also friends of my parents. And they okay. started listening to the show, Steve. <laughs> so uh, they said they really enjoyed it. And, that's uh, good. That's good to hear. Anytime that someone that has no idea what the hell we're talking about can enjoy it, then you never know, like point of reference. It's it's good. <laughs> right. And that's what's cool about today's episodes because they're going to get two intros. So <laughs> what's going to happen is we're going to do this intro. Then we're going to call uh, CJ and Phidias. Yeah. Yeah. They should both be, be up for it. We're so. going to call it CJ and Phidias. And then we're going to record an outro. And then they're just going to hear a whole nother intro and a whole nother find. So, and we get to think about what we were talking about six months ago. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. It's funny. Um, I, yeah, I mean, like, like you, I haven't, I haven't listened to that. I kind of remember the conversation, so it'll be, it'll be like a fresh, <laughs> brand new thing for me. Yeah, there. Are, I mean, we're not going to do, you know, the all of the official segments will be on the second half, the right, mysterious right. second half. I do right. think, Steve, that you know, we do have to have a movie thought because. <laughs> We have to talk about the trailer. Right, um, yeah. The thing is, is I thought it was a little bit long. Mm -hmm. I thought it was weird how it was, there was no talking. It was just music. Very end. Yeah, the next chapter in the continuing Star Wars saga, now in your galaxy. It was just kind of cheesy, you know? <laughs> I mean, I know this is a sequel, 
but the name, The Empire Strikes Back, it's kind of cheesy. <laughs> Brady Williams, I mean, he was funny in that, that Bingo Long movie, but I don't know. It, it just doesn't... It, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if, if we're, we're on the right track here. The new chapter in the continuing Star Wars saga is now in our galaxy. Um, yeah. as, as a Star Wars fan. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I've just been re-watching uh, the Empire Strikes Back trailer. And I thought that would be a funny idea instead of talking about the Force Awakens trailer. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's funny. I went back and watched the prequel trailers just to see, like, because I hadn't watched those, I don't think, since they came out. And I remember thinking they looked so badass. And, oh, yeah. And the first one honestly does, it's a pretty good trailer. But then when you get into the episode two, I'm like, good God, the writing was all over the wall. Yeah. <laughs> It's hilarious. Well, yeah. we're not going to get into your slumbery no. at this point. No, it's point. okay. We'll, we'll let we'll let that for next time. But I will say that The Force Awakens did prompt me to write my first ever blog post for the Star Wars Collector's Archive. <laughs> I saw one of those things, by the way. It's the weirdest. Uh, I don't know. So anyways, <laughs> the, the, this whole thing is, hopefully you've read it, but um, it was my birthday on September 13th. Um, right. And uh, so, you know, I got... It was whatever, a week after Force Friday. So <laughs> I am one of the easiest people to shop for in the world. I have so many passions and interests that are so all-encompassing. <laughs> um, and so I just got tons of Chewbacca stuff, including this Chewbacca toy that when you took it out of its package, it had a symbol of the First Order, which are the new bad guys of the movie. Right, right. And then it didn't say his name anywhere on the package. Did, it, did the toy like have any label of any kind, or was it yes. just a? It said what did Star it say? Wars. It, it said just Star said Star Wars. Wars, but not like a specific to. This is the block blah 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 toy. This is just, it. Just said Star Wars on it. Yes, it just said Star that, Wars. That is and so it's, bizarre. It's it nowhere does it say Chewbacca. So I was trying to think, is this Chewbacca? And then I did watch the trailer, Steve, uh, for The Force Awakens. I watched it about forty times with the kids. Uh, slow motion and backwards. It's fun doing yes. it backwards. It looks like the troopers are going, oh, going back exactly. onto the transport ship. <laughs> and so my theory about it was, well, what if Chewie became a bad guy? Is that what's being indicated? Was this a slip up? And then what is Chewie wearing in the trailer, Steve? Have he's, you noticed? He's got a, he's got a bandage, man. Like it's, it's oh, crazy. It's, it's a bandage. Or, or I don't know. What Do you is know it? who else wore a bandage, Steve? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Adolf Hitler wore a bandage. You don't see the other side of it. That's true. Is, is it a bandage or Chewbacca? Or for our British friends, you know, the fascists in England with uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Mosley. Uh, you know, he he had the 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 armbands. That's the official symbol of fascism. So I'm starting to think either the good guys are all in the bad are all the bad guys now, or just Chewbacca or Chewbacca's clone, which I think this is, is secretly a fascist. And, and that's what we see. <laughs> or is he just, you know, pretending to be a fascist? Yeah. That could be know. going undercover. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but uh, I am trying, Steve. I've been, I called Steve last week, pretty despondent, just being like, I don't think we can do the show anymore, man. <laughs> that, that, I have to say that phone call did leave me kind of freaked out. <laughs> Well, thing, it was a lot, and, and I've, I've had some freaked out phone calls with you, but that one—that one was the, the top. <laughs> well, 
Well, you know, it's it's the thing is that my life right now is like so I spend half my time with my kids and then the other half the time they're with their mom. That's fine. Right. Yeah. And then the time so then the time I'm not with my kids, I also have a girlfriend and it's a great relationship and I want to spend time with her. And then on top of that, my parents moved into town and I want to spend time with them and it's easier spending time with them with the kids, but then I want to also spend time with them when I'm by myself. And, right, and, then, right, yeah. and then the jobs, everything just got super overwhelmed. And I just thought like, boy, I don't know if I can keep doing it. But then Steve talked me off the ledge. I also saw Yehuda last week in New York City. Oh, that, yeah, that's that's always a good thing. <laughs> that always helped. Um, and if you haven't yeah. seen pictures of his collection, they don't do justice to it at all. He he did a uh, mosaic, uh, and we'll try to put man. pictures up here. And, yeah. Um, I thought the, the pictures made it look cool. It is unbelievable. It is yeah. amazing. I need to see it at some point. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so I... I think what it was was that it's kind of like the teachers out there know what this is like. When you have a lot of grading to do, it weighs on you like horribly. Like when you know you have to do tons of grading, you're just like, oh, and you're not doing it, especially if it's compositions. And so I like had this feeling like, oh, I've got to grade. Oh, I've got to record the podcast. And, <laughs> and that's not what the show's about. The show's no, about Steve no, no, and I no, hanging no. around talking about fascist Wookiees. So. <laughs> So, so it was good, but, yeah. um, where was I going with that, Steve? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it felt like something that needed to be said though. So they, you know, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, I think it does. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, re-listening to last month's episode too, and this month's episode, they're both episodes I could have easily split into two, you know, yeah. like interviewing the tops guy and interviewing the Swedish rock star. I mean, that seems yeah. like two different episodes, and this is going to seem like two different episodes. So we're kind of like doing that thing that People Magazine does or uh, Entertainment Weekly. At, like in December, they'll release like a double magazine, and then that <laughs> way they don't have to send it to you the next week because the last one was right. twice as long. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've employed that tactic a couple of times. I think yes. it's fair, right? Yes. <laughs> But it's part of what you get. I mean, if it weren't for sponsors like uh, Fan King, um, yeah, <laughs> we uh, we we wouldn't be able to do this. But no. but thanks to them, uh. you know, all the money that we get for doing this thing. <laughs> um, now, before we actually get on the phone, there is news, Steve. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's some stuff going on, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think really vintage exploitation is going yeah. crazy. It's it's like reaching the peak level uh, as far as what we've seen so far. Yeah. And I think it's safe to say that vintage Star Wars toys are like passing into some kind of new realm. I mean, they really I, are. Yeah. I mean, they are. That we didn't re- even talk about the Target commercials. No, Force no, Friday. we totally forgot about those. Yeah, that's right. But Target commercials for Force Friday are these insanely syrupy, borderline unwatchable, unwatchable things, <laughs> but are cute. You know, they're heart, they pull your, your heartstrings and it's, yes. yeah. uh, people opening up toys in the seventies and then kids opening up toys now and like saying it right. creates this, but they're using real vintage star Wars toys there. Yeah. Yeah. And then Steve Sansweet actually managed to, uh, help craft macaroni and cheese make this other commercial. See, I was wondering, I was wondering the, the background. I didn't get the whole story. Okay. So well, yeah. uh, Sansweet. Okay. Yeah, well, that's, 
Um, and that's the other thing, Steve. There's a lot of like um, a term uh, from I think it was from the Fantasy Focus guys. Whenever people appear on other podcasts, it's called <laughs> podultery. Um, <laughs> I've not heard that, but I don't listen to nearly as many podcasts yeah. as you. So I committed a little bit of podultery because I actually sent my comments about Chewbacca in uh, in the Force Awakens to Making Star Wars, which is oh, nice. my favorite. That's, uh, and that's that's the site that does all the spoilers and all that, right? Yes, yeah. Okay, but they do right. non spoiler stuff too. I will okay. suggest people listen to them, it, like if you like our style, because it is basically just people who like each other talking, um, and it's not super polished. Um, they do these things where they take breaks in the middle of their episodes. It's kind of okay. cool. I'm like, oh, that must be nice. Um, <laughs> but anyways, so they read my my theory and then shot me down completely. But they're the ones actually. <laughs> Wait, where... did they read they read the the bad Chewy theory? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. They read okay. the bad Chewy, but it was at the end of the episode and they were kind of tired. And, and... <laughs> but it was we still know my, how that is. yeah, still my moment <laughs> of fame because uh, they're. They are currently the the first download, you know, like on on Mondays I I hit refresh to see when they come up, that kind of thing. Yeah. So nice. um, because of that podultery, they also they were the ones who who posted that it was uh, Sansweet uh, who did this. So what it is, okay. is a All different right. commercial, which yes. is still pretty syrupy. It's actually two commercials, but um, it's a lot more significant. Content and I apologize if you hear noise in the background. Bo is for some reason tap dancing um, right next to yes, Bo. I love you. Yeah, he's going to actually accidentally back up and step on these empty Lego uh, wrappers from the Kylo Ren command shuttle that Django just built. <laughs> Aren't you, Bobo? Yeah. Okay. Um, so in the commercial, it's like this total Gen Xer dad walks in right, with his right. kid. And the kid's asking, hey, how come you don't play with these things? And the joke is that they're collectibles. Uh, and then, you know, picks up some of the Kraft macaroni and cheese and says, oh, mom cooked it yesterday. Or, hey, Dad? Yeah. Why do you keep all your toys in boxes? How do you play with them? I don't. <laughs> I collect them. Does mom know you keep mac and cheese in here? Okay. This isn't for eating. I collect these too. So, toys you can't play with and mac and cheese you can't eat? This is a room of lies. Star Wars craft macaroni uh, the other one, and cheese. The joke is, you know uh, you food love you don't eat and toys you don't play with. I don't know. You live a terrible life or something. No, this is a room of lies. Is what he said. <laughs> but, okay, I think I only seen the first one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Now Bo is trying to unplug my. Out! Out! He's like stepping on all my cords. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what's cool is that. Sanskrit set up this Star Wars room that's a really yeah, yeah. cool Star Wars room in the ad. And the thing that you notice is that it's actually a talking R2-D2 that he looks at, but it's a Palatoy right. talking R2-D2. So yes, that means yes. that right now, every time you see this craft commercial, which has been seen by millions and millions and millions of people, this super obscure, rare piece of Star Wars memorabilia is being shown. You know, yes. It's, yeah. not, it's not like a Master Replica's lightsaber. It's not even a 12-back. It's like... A Palatoy yeah. talking R2-D2? You do yeah. have to appreciate the uh, the nuance there, I'd say. Yes. Yeah. And if you watch the commercial in the background, you can see a tri-logo Rancor Keeper. Yes. You know? Yeah. Uh, you see yeah. boxes of, of tops. Um, now, they're not organized in the correct order. And, of course, Steve, what is the correct order of, of top Star Wars toys? Oh, man. I need to go back to the last episode. Oh, come on. You can't sing the song? I don't I, – I don't – I don't know if they're, what the reason is that I don't remember the song. Don't take it as a bad thing. <laughs> I, 
statuette, and we see if I remember blue, red, yellow, blue, red, yellow, blue, red, yellow, green, and orange. <laughs> there and we go. Orange. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then, but the cool thing, and this is what's really interesting, is yeah. you can click on the Star Wars room. And yes, so it's like on, a little virtual virtual tour. Yeah, it's a virtual tour. And Steve, you saw some cool things in here. I'll give you an idea. You can click on it and find it. But essentially, it's a picture of a of an imaginary Star Wars room. So it's, yeah, it's, whoops, that's my phone. That's embarrassing. <laughs> um, uh, saying uh, so, so say what are some things that are shown here for the vintage collector? So I mean, you got things like the Ewok Village. Uh, there's a there's an Adat and Falcon, um, or maybe the Falcon's modern. But wait a minute, the first... Steve. Whoa, whoa, whoa! But before you go on with Adat. You know Adat is dead, right? Is it officially dead? Yes. Leland Chi, the person who is officially in charge of this information. Like the story group guy? Yes. The head of Lucasfilm Story Group said on Twitter saying it is A-T-A-T. Really? Yes. It is. The battle is over. Good (laughs) has triumphed. Yup, nup. I said, you're wrong. Throw in your face, cause it's ATAT. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Steve. But see, the Yum song isn't canon. Come on. Uh, all right, I'll do the other all version. Right. Okay, all right, no, no. now, Steve, you're really wrong. There, this is what we need. <laughs> yeah, so that, um, that was mentioned. Uh, someone mentioned on our on our uh, Facebook page. Okay, that, that really. Well, it is now officially ATAT. Wow, that's going to be a real tough thing for me to kick. But um, yes, yeah, it's hard. To anyway, make when you're uh, wrong, Steve. yeah, huh? It's hard to make when you're wrong. So, what what else is in this room? <laughs> well, there's some other cool things. Like they have, uh, <laughs> they have a, a nice Chewbacca, which is the the Italian Harbert, and it's it's cool that they picked something foreign and rare like that. But I, I like the <laughs> the way they worded the description because it kind of. It paints a different picture of history. It says, in 1978, an Italian manufacturer called Harbert released a line of three and three quarter inch scale action figures. This was revolutionary because most action figures back then were either seven or 12 inches. <laughs> so it's just funny that they, they, the way that this is painted, it's, it's, it's Harbert that was the one that, <laughs> that came up. It wasn't the, Kenner. No, they Harbert got it, and then you know. But but anyway, it, it's the just, rest was history. The rest was Toy history. history. Written by well, they're in Milan, right? I, 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 I don't know. I don't know where Harbert's out of. But uh, yeah, no. There's some southern Italian screaming at the iPod. No, it is another from a Milan. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, it's and then, then there's, there's lots there, of great stuff. There's like the Chewbacca yeah. uh, latch, latch. Yeah, yeah, the, the right. Things like that. Um, and then you got, like, you know, the master replica of lightsabers and, right. and things like that. But it's cool that they really did, for the vintage stuff that they mixed in, it's it's not just the standard stuff you see all the time. It's it's things like this Chewy. And then, yeah, they, they talk about the, the Trilogo Raincore Keeper and, and things like that, which I think is great. And it's it makes sense now, like, looking at the stuff that's in there. A lot of that shelving, it's like, it's like how Rancho Obi-Wan is kind of set up, so it totally makes sense to right. me now. And of yeah. course, if you click on the bookshelf, it's a big ad for all of uh, Steve's excellent books. So, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, that's that's more. And then, Steve, you had another example of vintage exploitation in commercials. Yeah. So, this, you know, did you ever play the old Battlefront game that was out like ten years ago? Yes, uh, Battlefront okay, and so, Battlefront Two. Yes, those were awesome games. So now, you know, they they 
they kind of released a lot of stuff about this at Celebration, but the game is finally about to be released, the new Battlefront, and uh, this recent commercial they put out begins with, you know, uh, a 30-something office worker guy looking at his beat-up vintage R2, and then he, you know, goes on, you know, looking longingly at the, his past, and then he jumps out the window and flies around in the X-Wing, but it's just, like, front and center, like, an iconic vintage action figure just all beat up and worn just right, you know, center stage. So it's just, I, I don't remember, remember ever seeing anything like that before. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just what it is with all these other things. It's yeah. like front and center. It's coming up more and more. And I guess we've been saying that since we started doing this show, cause we started yeah. the show yeah. with the beginning of vintage exploitation. I almost feel like we should change the name of the show to vintage exploitation. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't not fit. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's funny because I now remember um, uh, what I actually, why I was talking about when I got so despondent last week <laughs> is, is I've, I've really, honestly, and we've talked about this on the show. I've had trouble with the the transition to Facebook, right? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I've yeah. just been uncomfortable with that change, the lack of history. Um, my biggest problem is the lack of hierarchy. I do believe that hierarchy has a place in our hobby, and I think that someone who's been around and contributed more should be respected and and taken seriously. Right. And, and yeah. I thought that when I was new and was not taken seriously. Like, I, I think that's good for the hobby. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Because Steve, do you know what I did to get with the times? What'd you do? I started my own Facebook group. You did? I did. What group is this? You're not invited, Steve. I didn't. I didn't think so. <laughs> no, I started a Facebook group for Chewbacca collectors. Oh, nice! So currently, it's me, James, <laughs> uh, Gundy, you know, Derek, uh, Steve Rency, and uh, Brad Portnoy. And those are the chewy guys I could think of. So, if you're a Chewbacca collector, join our group. Uh, you know, email me. But you can only post Chewbaccas on there. I don't want to see any. You know, I don't want to see any Jack Ryan figures or anything else. <laughs> Um, so it's been pretty cool because, uh, I've kind of get it because they're sharing stuff. I'm like, Oh, cool. Hey, wow. You have that. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. No, so, I, I, uh, I get it too. And I've, I've been, it's been a, you know, long transition for me too, I guess. I, I still try and I've been trying to like look at both in a somewhat even way. Cause for a while I'll, I'll be you know honest. I didn't open up rebel scum for like three or four weeks at a time just cause I'd I don't know. It didn't seem like there was all that much going on, and I don't know if there really is still. But I try and at least keep a keep an eye on it. And I don't right. know. It it's just one of those things. I don't really know what else you can say about it other than that it, it's happening. So, and, and then the other part of that is I'm trying to start threads either on my page or yeah. on the archives page. Yes, to yeah. try to get some stuff going. So yeah. one of the things I did there was trying to recreate scenes from the force awakens trailer with star Wars figures. <laughs> yes. So that started with, I just took a chewy and just wrapped something around his arm and took a picture of it. <laughs> and that took off pretty well. Cause then after that, um, let's see, uh, Brock put a picture of Nyan nub. Um, <laughs> Uh, see, Tom Quinn did a pretty good picture of R2 being touched by Luke. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorites was Bruce White. I did a picture of Phasma, but yes. it was just a Cylon in front right. of a bunch of stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah. um, I did another, which actually I'd like to make this an invitation to the Photoshop people who can do it better than I did it. 
Um, but I did the J.J. Abrams early bird set. <laughs> right, yeah. So that's <laughs> just the early bird set, but I just whited out Luke because <laughs> he's not in there. So if you have an early bird set, steal that joke and make a picture because I think that'd be pretty funny. You can yeah. check it out. One more we forgot to mention while recording the show was one made by a friend of the show, David Tree, who uh, had Han and Leia's embrace, but he replaced Leia with the Emperor, which is, of course, sexist and ageist and wrong and therefore hilarious. So anyways, that's kind of a, a thing that we're sort of trying to do now is, you know, post pictures of Force Awakens stuff with vintage figures. That could be fun. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. also trying to get something going with Halloween, Steve. Yeah, so th that, well, the first time you sent me this image, it was small, so I couldn't really tell what was going on. I had an idea of what was going on. Is that a picture of yours, or where did that come from? Oh, Steve. This yeah, is I, there, I figured Speaking there's... of Tom Quinn, he was the person <laughs> who sent me this link. Okay. This, I'm going to describe this object to you, but you are not going to understand it unless you have a picture of it. But right, I can paint right. a picture fairly well. Picture a 1980s stoop somewhere yes. in a lower middle class suburb of a major American city. Okay. Yeah. You can see the white, the dirty white yes. vinyl siding. Yep. The <laughs> concrete slab stoop that mm -hmm. used to have blue paint that is now faded away. Yes. You can see the frame around the door that was once a dark brown that is now chipping through with little bits of white. <laughs> the three numbers 720 hang vertically on the right side of the door jamb. The door is opened, and what is happening is an interchange between a little boy and a woman. <laughs> this is a particular kind of interchange that happens every October 31st. It's mm -hmm. a Halloween scene with somebody handing a bag that says trick or treat on it to a little ah, boy. Ah, okay. That's what that is. All right. The boy is dressed up as a devil. He has a pitchfork in between his legs, and he is <laughs> holding the pitchfork at the base right next to the front of his body. The woman is dressed as such. She has open-toed high-heel sandals, no stockings, a black dress, a brown kind of reflective blouse, she has some pendant with a mystical symbol on it that is not clear. <laughs> and she is wearing a Ben Cooper Chewbacca mask. Yes, that's the kicker. <laughs> as far as I know, Steve, this might win the prize for weirdest Star Wars item of all time. What yeah. it is, it's a teaching aid. Oh my so, god. Okay, so... so I, yes. <laughs> all right. Okay, this is starting to make more sense. In a weird way, yeah. Okay, because I was wondering why the, like, the image, like, the, it, I thought it was just a photograph, but then when I saw the scale of the hand holding it, like, no, that's yes. like a, that's like an 8 by 10 or more bigger it's image. More. It's 18 inches long and about Holy. 12 inches wide. Oh my and God. it was designed for teachers to hold up in front of a class. It's okay. a lesson on Halloween costumes. And really? on the back, this is the text. <laughs> I'll read you part of the text. This is the right. first lines of the text. All right. And trick or treat on you too, little boy. The voice behind the mask said. Brian jumped back in fright. What was this? 
He was the one who was supposed to be trick-or-treating. The person behind the werewolf mask laughed and pulled it off. <laughs> it was Mrs. Dawson. Brian laughed too as he took his treat. It was <laughs> Halloween and everyone was having fun. So, Mrs. Isn't Dawson... Is there, there's some darker undertones to this. <laughs> oh, the way the devil is holding his trident is very dark. Oh, no, no, please, God, help me! And the fact that she's wearing this, like, black Rosemary's Baby outfit with this strange pendant turquoise in the middle of it, this is one of the most bizarre satanic images you've ever seen. <laughs> It so is, this this is in your collection now? This is now in my collection. Oh, I just man. got it today. I am <laughs> so excited. Because then it goes on to talk about dressing up for Halloween. Mrs. Okay. Dawson told Brian that people have always made masks and costumes. In, in olden times, the masks were often an important part of people's religions. Today, many people like to combine the Halloween interest in ghosts and witches with the costumes they wear. In fact, Brian told Mrs. Dawson proudly, that's why I dressed up like the devil today. <laughs> Uh, but, the, you know, so there's so many, as I like to say, there's so many things to it. Oh. So this was made by SVE, Teacher's Choice, Society okay. for Visual Education Incorporated, out of Chicago, Illinois. Right. A part of the Singer uh, Education Division. But uh, I put the challenge out there, Duncan Jenkins, uh, Steve Sansweet, you guys have one of these? Because I don't, I've never seen this before. So how did Tom come, out, come about finding it? That's what I want to know. You know, that's the thing is, it's really great. I never have to look on eBay because I always have, I have way <laughs> too many friends who are nice enough to help me spend my money in very good ways. Um, uh, actually, it was uh, Mike, Mike the Massive of the, ah, okay. of the Empire uh, State Collectors Club right. who, uh, who sent it to Tom and Tom sent it to me. Okay. So, I fully encourage you, whoever you are, send me more weird Chewbacca things like this. <laughs> because I didn't think I could be any happier. Um, actually, there's another item that I'm not even going to talk about now. We're going to save that uh, for the wrap-up. Oh, no, wait. All we're right. not going to have a wrap-up. Uh, no, because I don't already, know if... We already have yeah. the feedback on the other episode, so I'll just say it now. Okay. Do you remember last month when Ron Salvatore was talking about the Kenner display pieces? Yes. Right. Yes, yes, yes. So he yeah. was talking about these early Kenner displays. And yes. There was something you don't usually hear from me. Do you remember what that was? Uh, not precisely, other than it was more of like a cliffhanger situation. It was silence. I wasn't yeah. talking. So this, yeah. is what, this is what yeah. happened. Uh, so this, again, you can listen to last month's episode, but these were the earliest store displays that were ever made for Kenner Toys. Uh, Kenner just contacted Factors, the people that made the posters, and had them send standees and just slapped a Kenner sticker on them. Right, I've never right. seen any for sale. I don't have any. And I've always really wanted one. This is one of the earliest Chewbacca items you can get. And it's only chewy. And it's just, oh, man, I wanted it so bad. And it happened to be that uh, Dave Myatt, who's a really uh, longtime collector. We were in the – at Celebration 3, we were in the mustache competition collection together. Uh, <laughs> he's a photographer. He's you know, been around for a long time. And he knows me as a Chewy guy. And so he won an auction for a bunch of these standees. And he asked me if, if I'd like to buy it. And he offered me a very reasonable price, like right. a total stand-up guy price. Like he bought them for a certain amount of money and then he asked for you know, my share of that. So he didn't bump it up at all. 
And I was like, absolutely, you know? And then he, you know, sort of like, well, let me see. Let me see how much they're worth. I'm like, oh, forget it. I'm out. It's going to go up and up and up and up. And I'm, ah. And I got, I got crestfallen because I'm like, I thought I had, you know, these days it's so hard to get something for a price that, that's good, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I would have paid more, but I didn't know, you know, because these things are so rare and, and yeah. display guys are crazy. You know, we're going to be talking to two of them later in this episode. That's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> display guys are crazy lunatics with too much money. Um, and so <laughs> I was just like, oh, forget it. I'm, I'm not going to get it. And I got crestfallen. And then he... Email me the next day. He's like, okay, it's all good. So just, just send it. Now, the thing is, is I get really ooky. You know, I've lost deals. I've paid for things and, and not gotten them. You know, I had my money refunded. And so I trust Dave a lot. But still, if someone asked him, if someone offered him four times what I was willing to pay him, I also wouldn't totally hold it against him if he didn't send it to me, you know. So I was yeah. so nervous. And at exactly the point where I was waiting to figure out if he was going to accept my offer, <clears throat> out of nowhere, Ron decides to post this thing yes, about, that's right. about the standees. Right. And I was like, I, I've talked to Ron about this for the past like three years. I've known that he's <laughs> had them. I know that he's looking for a couple of them. And he's just like, yeah, at some point I'll talk about it. But I always felt safe. Like eventually Ron's going to put a post about Not now. It was exactly the wrong time. So I was so nervous up until yeah, I Yeah, yeah. But I managed to get it and I, and I had it in time for my birthday. And it's at oh, the nice. museum now. And I got, a, I got one from 1980 as well that doesn't have the stickers. So they're kind oh, of cool. next to each other. And, and right on. So that's the cliffhanger. That's the super happy cliffhanger. Is I'm I'm stoked for you because yeah, that's that that's a precarious place to be. <laughs> yes, to, yeah, to just awesome. be like, because most people hadn't even heard of them before Ron publicized them. I hadn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. So that, yeah, that that's the, the happy point. Sky here. This actually announces the theme of our next episode quite nicely. The next episode is going to be about. Ethics. What are the ethics of collecting? Would it have been wrong if the person who had sold me the, who had offered me that item had sold it to someone else for twice what I was willing to pay, even though they'd already said they would sell it to me? What are the ethics of cutting a sheet, a proof sheet? What are the ethics of folding box flats? What are the ethics of flipping? What are the ethics of collector promises? You know, where you promise to sell something if you ever sell it down the line. Maybe I'm holding on to a piece that I've had for mm, about nine years. And I said I would sell it to somebody. But I don't want to sell it because I would be selling it at a really low price. Help me, space freaks. Help me figure out what are the ethics. So if you have any thoughts about ethics of collecting, about these issues about placing things on hold, about collector promises, cutting up sheets, or folding box flats, email us, kivecast at gmail.com. Or hey, you want to appear on the show itself to talk about this stuff? Let me know, uh, kivecast at gmail.com. Or hit me up on Facebooking or even the you know, Twitter stuffs. Okay, back to Steve and I talking. Oh, boy, Steve, I'm really happy to talk to you. <laughs> that's, that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's like... Uh, uh, you know, like it's, it's so funny because doing the show is so much fun and then editing it is so hard. It's just like teaching. It's like teaching is great. Yeah. Like there's, grading. There's a lot of, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so hard. If you could just be the teaching part. Um, there are a couple more points I did want to get to, uh, before yeah. we keep going. Um, Steve, you have a new nickname. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say a new nickname, but uh, do, do I guess. Do you not a... like my addendum to it? <laughs> See, I had a feeling that that <laughs> that might be what was read into it, but I think the pronunciation back when uh, the Rebels' Revenge was first shot was Swinga, not Swinga. <laughs> okay, so what we're talking about now is something you can see on the Star Wars Collector's Archive, and that is a home movie made by the Danley family. Yes. Uh, by the Brahe Danley family. Daniels, Daniels, right. Yeah, the Daniels family. <laughs> uh, in 1992, is it? It was 93, as far as I can tell. 93, yeah. and yeah. it's using all of Steve's beat-up Star Wars toys, including the B-Wing pilot. Yeah, and an A-wing yeah. pilot, and it's—I gotta admit, Steve. On a critical note, the narrative isn't entirely clear. It is not. Um, I'm not. <laughs> all that I know is at the very end, a kid who you do not think is Steve ends up being Steve, and he plays an Ewok called Swinga, and uh, which is also named one of my favorite Southern rappers. Uh, he's out of New Orleans. He was part of the Hot Boys. Swinga. He's really, really good. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so, so Steve is Swinger. I call him <laughs> Swinger Steve, the wife swapping Ewok. <laughs> but uh, I don't think Steve likes that. So uh, it, it wasn't. That's not the spirit of uh, of the character. I'd say like if this was like a, a Lucasfilm thing, and you you I would, I would have to like put a cease and desist. But yeah. since it's just me, I, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, it, it was just funny because yeah, I mean it, that kind of all started with there's this new. Facebook group called The Dark Times. It's just something we can talk about later, but I'm like, man, I'm trying to figure out what was going on with me in the early 90s, and that movie is what the first thing I thought of, and I went and found it at home and, and got it digitized at work, and, and I'm like, well, it's it's pretty embarrassing, but I feel like I need to share it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. So, and I, yeah, I, yeah we, we need to talk about The Dark Times at some point. Yeah, at some point. We, we definitely, I think it's safe to say that we are a podcast for The Dark Times as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which refers to the time in between vintage and new Star Wars toys coming out. Right. So, yeah, yeah. so check out Steve's video. Um, hopefully, you can send it over to Skywalker Sound, have it tuned up a little bit. You're a little bit hot with the, with the, the, sound, the soundtrack there. Yeah, yeah, that was a, oh man, my mom's crash editing. That was literally edited piece by piece. Once you pressed, you know, record, you could not, if you had, you'd have to start completely over. So the fact that, it did. It's pretty remarkable on my mom's part. Sky here. I should probably mention that I had to edit out an obscure and poorly made Simpsons reference here, which I have to mention for the next part of the podcast to work as a segue. Although now this is like wicked awkward, so maybe I just shouldn't have even done this either. That applies. Well, speaking of obscure references, Steve, the last thing I think we should talk about, I just happen to be reading a book right now. <clears throat> okay. Oh, right. Yeah. I actually just finished it. Okay. And uh, have you heard about it, Steve? It's called Ready, Ready Player One. Yeah, I've heard of the book. I have not read it myself, but from what I understand, it it it's a science fiction book, but it deals with a lot of pop culture references, right? Right. So speaking of Steven Spielberg, he's <laughs> uh, he's recording, he's filming the the film adaptation. Yes, that's it. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, uh, my girlfriend's son loves it, and so I, you know, I always like to hang out with him and know what he's talking about. And I'm really happy that he does because it makes, it makes anybody like us seem really cool. 
because the whole thing is like the culture of the 70s and particularly the culture of the 80s was just the greatest yeah. thing that right. ever happened. It's it's like this crazy – but it's really well done. It's well written. It's very engaging. And there is high quality vintage content in it. Okay. All right. And so uh, each of the characters in the virtual world that they live in have um, have things called contact cards. Okay. And one of their contact cards is in the form of a vintage Star Wars action figure. <laughs> so I'm actually going to put that – you know, Steve, I have so much work to do on the stupid episode. I have to edit <laughs> together the old episode. I have to edit together this episode. And now I'm adding more content. <laughs> At least I'm not going to do any stupid poems this time. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to put in a little bit from the audio book um, okay. with uh, Will Wheaton from uh, Star Trek uh, The Next Generation. Right, uh, right. Reading it. So uh, you can hear it here. She stretched out a racing gloved hand and offered me one of her contact cards. You could design your card to look like just about anything. Artemis had coded hers to look like a vintage Kenner Star Wars action figure still in the blister pack. The figure was a crude plastic rendering of her avatar, with the same face, hair, and outfit. Tiny versions of her guns and sword were included. Her contact info was printed on the card above the figure. Artemis, 52nd level warrior, mage. Vehicle sold separately. On the back of the card were links to her blog, email, and phone line. Not only was this the first time a girl had ever given me her card, it was also by far the coolest contact card I had ever seen. This is by far the coolest contact card I have ever seen, I said. Thank you. I handed her one of my own cards, which I'd designed to look like an original Atari 2600 adventure cartridge with my contact info printed on the label. Cool. So anyways, that's pretty cool. Uh, or uh, as they would say on the uh, Bounty Hunters podcast, that's pretty neat. Uh, I just heard it and thought I, I wanted to share it even though the book is like five years old. <laughs> but there's so much vintage exploitation to go around. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to read it. Um, yeah. yeah, cool. All right, well, Steve, in that case then, um, this is how the rest of the show is going to go. We're going to talk to CJ and Phidias. We're going to briefly discuss uh, their find or your find. Or I don't even know how it worked because yeah, I, yeah, I you'll you'll attention. get the whole story. If we yeah, we weren't a big part of it. We just got we happened to be local and it was it was fun. <laughs> yes. But yeah, yeah. And then we will uh, just have a little segue, and then we'll go in and we'll start sixty five part two, which is actually <laughs> episode actually like sixty sixty a sixty point zero sixty five point b. Um, we'll pull uh, Wayne's World backtrack to get to that. Yeah. yeah. All uh, right. Yeah. So uh, let's give uh, Phidias and CJ a call. So something kind of funny happened. Well, when we made this phone call. So uh, space freaks who've been listening for a long time know that I decided to create a rivalry between Phidias Barrios, the West Coast impresario, and Bruce White, the Black Velvet Delight. Um, basically, two of the nicest people in the whole world of Star Wars vintage collecting. And I just decided that they hated each other, uh, which, of course, they're friends. But uh, so when when I called Phidias and CJ here, you'll hear that the phone rings, but then uh, no one answers. So I thought it'd be really funny to leave a message on 
Phidias's voicemail as though I were Bruce White threatening to kill him. But then halfway through, Steve's all like, hey, um, we don't know if this is the right number. So then I realized I could like go to jail or worse yet, get Bruce White to go to jail for this threat. So I tried to talk my way out of it. I didn't even realize it was recording the whole time. So that's what you're about to hear. And uh, I think it's really funny. It's so funny I had to introduce it. Maybe I shouldn't have. Think I shouldn't have? Kivecast at gmail.com. Think I should have? Kivecast at gmail.com. So here's the call to CJ and Phidias. Hey. Hey. So just seeing if uh, Phidias and CJ answer. Okay. Please leave your message for three two three three nine one seven. Oh, Phidias, this is Bruce White, you son of a bitch. I'm going to find you, and I'm going to gut you. You think that you can just paint pictures of me in the nude and no one's ever going to notice? That's not what I look like. Wait, I'm the artist. You would do paintings of me because I'm Bruce White. The evil genius. And you're nothing but a Phidias. So watch your back. Uh, okay, actually, this is Sky. You're, you're supposed to be here. Uh, I really hope you get this message, Phidias, not someone else. Oh, my God. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, there could be other Phidiases. There's no threat implied by what I just said. Okay, let's try that again. Wait, was that, you said that was the number, right, Steve? Yeah, that, that looks right. Um, let's get a double check here. <laughs> oh, no. Was it wrong? I don't know. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> oh, that was just too good. Are we still, um, is that still recording? That, I'm not sure. I mean, you're. we don't have CJ on there either. Um, three, two, three. Three eight seven four. Okay, so that was definitely his phone number. Okay. So, but please, if you're still listening, there's no threat implied. Uh, I, it sounded like I was threatening you. Oh boy, it hung up. Oh. Uh, no, no, that was. I don't think we ever got CJ. I don't think. I don't know if we ever hung up on a uh, on Phidias. <laughs> no, it looks like we did. Did we? Did we? Okay. All right. So listen, if this is Phidias, hey man, how's it going? If this is not Phidias. No one is coming to get you. Definitely there's no artist out there who who hates you. Who I just made I made up that name. That guy doesn't even exist. Uh so sorry to freak you out. It's a friend of ours and we tried to call him. We're doing a podcast. You wouldn't you wouldn't know. You wouldn't like you might like the show, but it doesn't matter. What does matter is that you're under no threat. This is just a couple of dumb kids. Uh we're, you know, just out of England and we do this podcast about vintage Star Wars toys. So don't, hey, it's all good. Right? Right? Um, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to hang up before this guy figures right. out who oh. we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve. This is what's funny. Is uh, Your recording has reached the maximum oh. length. <laughs> to replay your message, press 1. To delete and re-record your message, press 3. For delivery options, wait, press 4. To send a fax, press wait, 6. Wait, to cancel this message, press star. To send this message now, press pound or hang up. Shall we record it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
<laughs> I think that was pretty great. To replay your message, press one. To delete and re-record your message. <laughs> oh, uh, hey, this is Bruce White. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Oh, Phineas, this is Bruce White, you son of a bitch. I'm going to find you, and I'm going to gut you. You think that you can just paint pictures of me in the nude and no one's ever going to notice? That's not what I look like. Wait, I'm the artist. You would do pain for me, because I'm Bruce White. The evil okay, genius. He's getting too meta. You're nothing but a Phineas. Watch your back. Uh, okay, actually, this is shy. <laughs> You're supposed to be here. <laughs> I really hope you get this message for you. Yeah, someone else. Okay, so oh my god! Wait a minute! I could be honest with you, there's no threat implied. Okay, I have to stop this. Uh, I don't know. I think you might your have message to hang up. has been sent. Oh no! Thank oh. you for using T-Mobile voicemail. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> Well, he got that voicemail, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, God, my stomach is hurting so bad, so I'm trying not to laugh. But finally, we reached them. Hey, sorry about that. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Hello. Hey, CJ. Hey. All right, got two. <laughs> all right, let's see if uh, Phidias picks up. Love. Hey, all right. We're all here now. We are here with uh, CJ. Where are you right now? What's your location? I'm in Charlotte in my house. All right. And then Phidias, you are on the in the highway. Oh, I'm driving. Yeah, I'm just um, uh, I just picked up my son from his uh, he has like a karate class, so we're just on on the way home. That's his protection for when Bruce comes to you know yes. to get him. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Basically, what what happened was um, six months ago, Steve and I recorded an episode about a find, and then for some reason we just never released it. Um, and so then this whole find happened, and Steve had something to do with it. I don't really know what. And so we figured, let's have this be the find episode of uh, of the Kivecast. So let's sort of. Why don't you tell us sort of as much as you feel comfortable telling us about how this all went down, CJ? Because you're, you're basically the lead on this, right? And Phidias and Steve were your Oompa Loompas? Or? Well, I'll give actually original lead credit to James Simpkins, oh, okay. who's, who's a Ohio guy in the Ohio club. I've known him for, oh, God, probably 15 years now. And uh, so it was really um, – he, he kind of brought me on board with it. And he couldn't be on tonight. I asked him, but he he works like uh, like a second shift, so he's at work right now, unfortunately. Um, but he'll be uh, driving down to Charlotte tomorrow to help us sort through this whole thing, which is now sitting in a pile in my garage. So <laughs> basically, what what it was is, uh, you know, the Ohio Club had a booth set up at Celebration in Anaheim, and he was working the booth some. And you know, James does a lot of a lot of dealing. He goes to toy shows himself. He's a he's a big time collector as well, but also does some toy dealing. And he's done that for years and years. And there was this uh, somebody that attended the show who apparently had a quite extensive collection and was ready to sell it. And he didn't really want to go to a dealer. He wanted to find some collectors who could really you know appreciate all the hard work he had put in into putting this collection together over the years. 
and would make sure it got parsed out to good homes and good people who are going to take care of it rather than just some dealer that who knows what they would do, right? You grade half of them or who knows crazy stuff. Right. So he was wandering around the area at Celebration where all the collecting clubs were set up down there. And I don't know how many clubs were set up, probably a few. And um, I guess he was talking to some various people and nobody seemed interested. And then he bumped into James at the Ohio booth. And uh, James expressed interest and took his name down a number. And then later on at Celebration, like the next day, James approached me and said, hey, I got this, this, this deal here. It's probably too big for me to handle by myself. Uh, would you be interested in you know, going in on it with me? And he showed me some pictures, and I said, yeah, of course I would. So uh, we've been kind of working the lead since, since Celebration, just gradually you know, getting photos, getting prices worked out, and then the logistics of moving the volume of stuff from California back to the East Coast was somewhat of a, of a challenge. Right. Well, so that's basically the story of, of how the lead came about and how I got involved. And, and, uh, well, you know, I, I actually see sort of a moral in this story, which is that, you know, some people would hear that and they'd go, you know, lucky, lucky, you were just sitting there and this guy comes up to you and he gives you this big lead. But you aren't really lucky, lucky. because you set up this. I mean, well, you actually happened to set up the club, but even if you did, weren't the one who set up the Ohio Club, you're there, you're on behalf of other collectors, you're trying to spread the social word of things, and you're, you're actually doing something that you don't get paid for and you don't get remunerated for, and something good happened to you. And, you know, I, 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 I like that story because it seems yeah. like you weren't just, you know, putting flyers out there saying, sell me your stuff. You know, you weren't Mr. Mint. Um, so, yeah, I like that. It's kind of like a sort of back pay for services rendered to the hobby. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't actually put it together until you just said that. It's like, yeah, if I hadn't started that Ohio club, they would have never had a booth, and James would have never been there and never gotten the lead. So it's kind of, wow, that's really reciprocal. But, but you're right. You know, I get, I get some leads off on my website, 12back.com as well, which, you know, I don't make – any money off that i make a little bit in advertising basically enough to pay for the server fees um right. but I'll occasionally get a lead off of there and you know it is it is kind of a karma thing i guess you you do good things in the hobby and you get your name out there and people find you and know who you are and sometimes good things come your way yeah that i know that works out for at least it works out for me steve does it work out for you as well <laughs> i i would say so yeah it's just hard because there's not enough B-Wing pilot items for people to walk up to you and give you. <laughs> That's true. And so then, so then what, why are we talking to Steve and Phidias about this? How are they involved in, in all of this? So what had happened was I was trying to figure out the, the lead was in near Los Angeles. Uh, and I was trying to figure out how the heck I could get out there and look through all this stuff and – um, I kicked around possibly driving it back across the country. It ended up doing one of those, like, uh, if you've seen those moving pods that you've seen in people's yard or driveway sometimes, it was basically U-Haul's version of that. Decided to pack that up. But um, Wait, how much stuff is there? A lot. Uh, <laughs> a lot. It was I a would, lot. Uh, 
Have you not have you not seen the pictures on on the well, my I, Facebook page? I, I, I have. I'm just imagining I'm one of the listeners uh. who hasn't. So, <laughs> so, so we'll, we'll go back and I'll do it again. I'm a total <laughs> idiot who's never looked at Facebook. I hate Facebook. <laughs> Facebook is dumb. So tell me, how much is in it? <laughs> so, if you imagine, uh, I don't know, Steve. What do you think the average size box was? Maybe, um, maybe, two, yeah, something like that. Like. Two and a half feet by one and a half feet by a foot and a half tall, something around that size. Right. Like, you know, a fairly decent sized box. And there were and, uh, like eighty-six of them, right? Yeah. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> and and, and <laughs> plus a bunch of poster of, tubes as well. Oh yeah, the little, little red that are that are in this in these eighty-seven boxes. Um. Well, first, let me go back to the original question you asked because you got us completely off track, Sky. I did. That's the way. How did, that's the way how did Steve it. get involved? So let's <laughs> yes. go back to that one. So I was, I, you know, obviously with eighty-six boxes and having to now have the plan of loading it onto a U-Haul and having to sort through it all, make sure it was all there. The condition was basically what we thought it was going to be. Um, I needed some help. I didn't want to do that by myself. Uh, unfortunately, James, due to his work schedule, could not come out to Los Angeles and I didn't want to let this thing drag on because you know you get a good lead you, you just got to jump on it because if you let it drag on something inevitably happens that you lose it or something so uh, I just decided I'm going to go out there and then I had the idea hey you know I've got friends in Los Angeles who probably have a ton of fun helping me sort through this stuff so that's when I contacted Steve and Phidias to see if they just wanted to come along for the ride for the weekend help sort through some things you know I pitched them some some free stuff and some first dibs, you know, from the find for their help, and uh, you know, bought them dinner and some pizza and stuff like that as well. But so that's how they got they got involved. I just needed the help, and they're local, so it worked out pretty good that they were able to to find we were able to find a weekend where all three of us could get together and pretty much spend the whole weekend doing this. Well, now now Phidias, as far as I knew, you had every Star Wars item in existence. Did you manage to get something you didn't have? Yeah, yeah, I got um, what was it? Uh, one of the um, those Empire Strikes Back pillowcase. Uh, I don't even know what you call it. It's like some. What would you call it, Steve? Or I mean, CJ? it's some like, kind it's of a, advertisement, right? Yeah, it's an advertisement, but it's just a like an eight by ten. It's out like kind of made out of um, construction paper, and it has some line art of uh, of a Yoda pillowcase uh, from Empire, made by the. Uh, by, by the bid company, and uh, and it, I can imagine it was just like there on the kind of like on the shelf, like next to all the pillowcases. And and um, CJ's lead just, uh, I guess, when he was a kid, he just tore it off and kept it. That's uh, awesome. Back in the day, yeah, yeah. So it's a that's a that, that that's what I came out of it with. That's, <laughs> so it was, that's pretty it was good. Pretty good. It was, no, <laughs> on the other side of the Yoda is is the Chewy. Is the Chewy on the other side of the? Uh... Of the cardboard or no? No, no. It's only one. It was only yeah, one sided. The other, one-sided. yeah. The other side is was blank. Yeah, I, I yeah, still but, have a hard time picturing it. So it's like a display, a cardboard picture display of what the pillowcase looks like. Kind of, yeah. Like I guess you can kind of still see them. Like if you go, if you go to the supermarket and there's a bunch of canned foods, you, there might be like a little piece of paper that's kind of like stuck to one of the shelves. And, uh, like a little, kind of like that, like that wobbler, that, that, um, the three new figures wobbler. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, 
kind of like that. It would be something like that, I guess, if that's the best way to describe it. Wow, that's awesome. So what what was this guy like? Did did you did you get to meet him, Steve? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, this, they got there a little bit ahead of me, um, and I, I left work and went down. And uh, they he's a really nice guy. He's a local, and he'd collected this stuff since he was a kid. And, uh, you know, it's, it's tough letting a big group of stuff like that go that you've curated for so long. But he was really nice, and he had a, he had a lot of fun with us just kind of sorting through it. Um, but, yeah, so I got there, and this is kind of, kind of set the tone for the whole thing for me. I walked... We pull up to this, you know, giant warehouse uh, off of the, I think the, the 405 freeway. I can't remember which freeway. One of those, you know, Southern California four, freeways. Or the, 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 the 91? Yeah, the 91. The 91. Okay. Wait, did, so you we'll have to, like, did you take the 91 to the 10, to the 210, <laughs> to the 405? This is the whole thing, Sky. This is the whole thing. <laughs> it's the whole thing. So to get here today for work, I took the 405, got dumped out on the 10, and then took the 2 over to Beverly Glen, and then... All of a sudden, I was in the valley, and then I got dumped in the ocean, and now I'm here. And everyone was like, Annie, what are you doing here? Watch the Californians. I was thinking I'd take a Canyon View driver to San Vicente, and then make a left and go 4 or 5 north. From there, just get off Mall Holland. Devin? <laughs> what are you doing here? So the, I think the, the 405 freeway. I can't remember which freeway. One of those... You know, Southern California four, freeways. Or the, the, was it? the 91? Yeah, the 91. Okay. Wait, did you so, um, so anyway, it's this warehouse. Uh, I can't see a trace of anybody, but I'm pretty sure I'm in the right place. And I go up, and there's this little room in the back, and I can hear these guys talking. And I walk into a room that just has a, a kind of a giant round table full of vintage carded figures. And I was just like, oh, man, here we go. This is going to be crazy. Um but the cool thing was the boxes that we would pull out, it, it would be a real mix of stuff that was just kind of packed really well so that you could kind of maximize the space, if that makes sense. So you'd pull up a box and it would have, you know, it'd be all vintage stuff, but it'd be all sorts of shapes and sizes and, and you know, you never really knew what you were going to get in each box, which, which was the funnest thing about it, I think. Now, was there any, like, you know, Taco Bell cup toppers? Uh, that's the other find that we're featuring had a lot of Taco Bell cup toppers. <laughs> CJ, was there a lot of modern stuff you had to work yeah, with? Yeah, you know, there there was a very little bit of that, but it wasn't yeah, much. I would yeah. say maybe 5% of the total was modern stuff. Um, very, very few, like a few episode one carded figures. There was... A bunch of cup toppers. There was some pizza boxes and some Pepsi bottles. Yeah. Sort of like your typical random stuff from early Phantom Menace. But pretty much after that, there's there was nothing modern. So uh, it it wasn't very much modern. It was almost entirely vintage. And yeah. And when I say vintage, uh, it's not just it wasn't just uh, Kenner toy stuff. No, it was no, no, no. all over the map. Everything vintage. Now, what, yeah, what's I sort think, of an example of another kind of neat, unexpected thing besides uh, besides Kenner that, that was found there? Well, he had these uh, scrapbooks of, Ooh. like, theater ads oh, right. uh, and all sorts of weird ephemera, like catalog stuff. I know CJ came upon a really cool uh, – was it a JCPenney catalog, CJ? Yeah, JCPenney catalog. Like, it was a, a, almost like a newspaper quality. It may have been – right. 10 pages and I think it was color at least at least the yeah, cover it was, was color. color yeah I think the front was color, color yeah. it was yeah it was really cool wow 
Well, that's cool. You can put that up on uh, on the archive. The blog's got some pretty good scrapbooking stuff. Send that over to Amy, and uh, she'll she'll put that up. Yeah. Um, oh, that's awesome. And so now you're trying to figure out what to do with 87 boxes of vintage Star Wars stories, CJ? <laughs> so it, it all arrived here last weekend. I should say the stuff in the U-Haul. I brought right. a few things back on the plane, some of the more pricey items I brought on the plane. And then I had Steve ship most of the card figures because I didn't want them sitting in a potentially hot or cold uh, storage box coming across the country. So those arrived a week or so ago. And then just last weekend – the, the U-Haul arrived, and I'm happy to report we were really worried um, that some stuff might get damaged or crushed. But yeah, nothing yeah. really got hurt at all. That's and good. <laughs> if you've seen the pictures of the U-Haul, this U-Haul was—I don't know—it was probably six foot wide, I'd say. Yeah. And probably eight like foot feet. tall. Yeah, eight, and then ten like feet ten, tall. And yeah. <laughs> ten wow. feet or twelve feet front to back. And when we first started packing it, we're like, I, I had done some calculations because he had sent me like the box sizes roughly. And I was like, Oh, this is, this will be fine. It's only fills up like two thirds of the thing. We'll have no problem with this. And as we started packing this thing up, it's like, Oh man, are we really going to fit everything? Yeah. We had and to get pretty we, creative at the end there. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were combining some boxes just to fit the last little bit in, but um, we were kind of afraid because it was eight foot tall. So these are, these boxes are mostly maybe a foot and a half, two foot tall. So there's literally maybe five or six or seven of them stacked vertically. So I was a little afraid, you know, bouncing across the country on a truck or something that some stuff at the bottom might get crushed. But most of the boxes held up pretty well. A couple of them were a little bit pushed in, but nothing nothing in the context was really damaged. So that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I was I was great when I started unpacking. I'm like, oh, this stuff all came all got here quite well. So it's so funny because packing up U-Hauls to move things across the country. I've done that several times. It's usually the worst thing you ever have to do. And unpacking is even worse worse but somehow like the activities you hate most in life when it's associated with what you love doing it's actually quite agreeable you know like <laughs> it's so true like reorganizing yeah. the museum oh i could do that for seven hours ask asking me to clean up the desk that currently has a pile of recycling on it no way <laughs> yeah yeah but uh yeah it was it was a it was precarious at times because I, the, the u-haul it almost turned out that we didn't have a truck uh, a lot of things that kind of got in the way, but it, it's, it all worked out fine. I mean, CJ got in, I think, on a Friday morning, and yeah, Friday by, by, by the day. Yeah, and by Saturday it was all pretty much done. You know, Saturday midday. Um, so yeah, it was. <laughs> we also got to see Phidias' collection, which was cool. Really? Yeah, I, yeah, which I had never been up to his place, so that was pretty awesome for me to be able to get up there. Now, Fidis, you invited me once, and I couldn't make it, and I still regret that to this day. Is the invitation still open? Well, of course, you got to come over. I got I got a couple of Chewbacca things. <laughs> I, I know some of the, I know a couple of the Chewbacca things you have that uh, unfortunately have quadrupled in value since you bought them uh, when you bought them. But uh, <laughs> that's a, and I have to say, I, I know you're probably stressed out about hearing your kid in the background, but I think it's actually bringing a nice life to the show. I think we should, we should have my kids I'm, I'm sorry about no, I'm, no. I'm, I'm outside of my house and I'm trying to keep them in come back out again. Lucas, go back over there. Come on. <laughs> no, I, actually, I actually like it. CJ yeah. never, CJ didn't mention to us that, uh, that the, the lead came through one of the, the clubs during the club booths at Celebration. 
I wonder. I wonder if that guy ever came to the California. He might have. Yeah, I don't know. He oh, might we have. Dropped, see, we dropped, I was. I was joking with Steve about it. Like we were. We, we kind of <laughs> dropped the ball on this whole thing. We were letting all that stuff get out of California. <laughs> I mean, can, imagine being me six months ago in the <laughs> snow of Western New York. And a dude from, you know, whatever, wherever Will is now. San I know, Diego. Coming, coming in and taking everything out of the state, you know, that's, that's yeah. has a California pedigree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I kind of had one question for Stephen Vidius. So yeah. I, I don't know, I don't know for sure, but I don't know if you guys have ever been involved, like this, this deeply involved in like the ground floor of a find of any major scope. But I'm, no. I'm guessing maybe you haven't. So my question is, um, you've heard stories about these kind of things from, you know, Gus and Todd and whoever about these things. What was the experience like for you compared to sort of your understanding of how that would be from hearing other people's stories? And how did that how was that the same or how was that different or what surprised you about it actually being there versus what you kind of heard about things like this happening? What do you think, Phineas? Well, yeah, you and I were the ones that came straight from the airport, right? I picked you up. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then we, uh, we got to that warehouse, right? And it was, uh, the first thing I was thinking was, cause sometimes when you meet people like off eBay or something, you're going to buy something from them and they're local. You're always kind of worried when you're meeting them for the first time. Like, am I going to get killed here? Right? <laughs> this is a total stranger that we're meeting. But we, we went to that warehouse and then, right, CJ, it was like some lady, that she, she was yeah. asking who we were, and then right. we weren't even sure we were, we were like, in the right this... place because the direction. Yeah, we were great. Yeah, because it was in you know the way those warehouses are are the way they're located. Like it's in those industrial areas, right? So there's like there's nothing around except warehouses. And uh, at first, I, I was a little bit scared. I was like, um, "What's it called?" The that company made. Um, I don't know if I'm giving too much away, but they made they made the big nets that surround golf courses, right, CJ? And I was like, I'm yeah. like what is this place? This is, this is like a, a bunch of uh, trucks and telephone poles and all wait, that wait, stuff wait, that was in there. Wait, wait that's where the warehouse was? The, the people who make those nets? Because when you live in Los Angeles or when you live in California, yeah. this, is a, <laughs> this is a major part of the California landscape, which is a lot of highways, especially the 10, no, no, the 101, and the five, no, the five. It's the five outside of Los Angeles. When you're stuck getting in Los Angeles in traffic, there's like this yeah. huge net for golf, for golfing. And it's like everywhere <laughs> in Los Angeles, there's these weird nets for golf. There's, so yeah, you these, were where they made driving them? ranges. <laughs> yeah, all these driving ranges. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's basically those long wooden telephone poles, right? And then they you stick nets in between them so that the golf balls won't go flying out into the into the highway. But that's what that's what that company was, I guess. They 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 installed that kind of equipment for golf courses, and uh, yeah, so it was it was it was exciting. And when we finally got to meet the guy, uh, I think guess he wasn't there yet. It was a, uh, and uh, he had all the boxes there, like from the pictures on Facebook. And I think uh, one of the first boxes CJ opened was um, the first one he opened, right? CJ, I think it was like a Marvel Marvel number one. Uh, he had a set of comic books in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it, I don't know. It wasn't the um, it wasn't the thirty. It wasn't that variant, right? The one that's right. more rare. But anyways, it was exciting. Yeah, that's a pretty good it way was to really start. Exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, as far as for what I was expecting, I, I don't know. I mean, I definitely never gone on any fine from, from the ground floor, as you were saying, but, um, given like what you had described, I, I, I guess I wasn't too surprised. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's just it's hard to really imagine what what it would be. But the guy was really nice and and excited um, and helpful. I mean, I, I've never seen someone so organized too. So that's what made it really you know easy, but still fun for us because we weren't really having to dig for things. Um, everything was pretty much as it was supposed to be. Um, so we just basically got to, you know go through it all. Um, oh, and I don't think and, I don't think we took any pictures of the other parts of that room, but. I, I thought it was kind of funny that when we first went upstairs, um, <laughs> yeah. did you did you remember CJ? There was like there were like six beds. All, like yeah. The, I guess I guess the whoever owned it was that so office. Weird space. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was a weird it was a weird setup. There's like there's beds in there and. Wow. And, uh, it was like it was like office <laughs> It was office yeah, cubicles, and inside the office cubicles, instead of desks, it was like beds. bunk beds, like bunk yeah. beds, <laughs> like military kind of you know little bunk bed kind of thing. Yeah. yeah so I, you know, I when the, the we walked in, and then the guy like locked the the, the guy locked the door right behind us, and then I turned to my left, and I, I see a bunch of beds, and I was like, "What's going on?" I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I was thinking something's going to happen," but. <laughs> But anyways, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, I, I, I think, um, I mean, a couple more things I think we can say about it. Um, first is just a couple of the super rare pieces that it's kind yeah. of amazing were in the collection. Uh, that the fact that the guy got these off the store shelves. Yeah, um, you know, you had, you had a couple typical things like there was a 21 back FET in there and, and an ESB FET, but the, the two that, well, three really that really struck me is wow, these are super rare. It's amazing you have even one of these, let alone all three of these pieces. The first one is a, a twenty-one figure header for the bin for the bins, which that twenty-one header is really tough to come by. Wow. Um, I've even had a couple uh, big big time names asking me for that one already. I'm like, I'm surprised you don't have this. Uh, so that was pretty amazing to see, and that was in pretty good condition too. It wasn't perfect, but you know, for something like that, it's condition is it, for the for the rarity of it. The condition is pretty pretty good. Uh, the second one was a large head hand on an ESB card. Wow, which is a pretty one of the rarest carded figures from what I've been told. I've never really followed that particular combination, but I did check it out on an AFA, and there's only like twenty or twenty five or so ever graded of that one. So you can tell it's pretty low. And then the top piece, I think was the special offer Darth Vader case, oh, which wow. after I've been asked, and if, for the listeners that don't know, that was the typical carry case Darth Vader head that just about everybody had, right? But they had special offer with IG-88, Bosk, and Boba Fett. It was some kind of a test market piece is what I've, what I've come to discover. Huh. It was, so it wasn't put out everywhere, and it was, had something to do with retailers who bought a certain amount of product or bought a certain type of product could get this special offer piece so not only was it was it very short run and limited only certain retailers who met certain requirements even got them so these are like super super rare they have a super rare baggied figure inside of them which is has a two color kenner logo that's both that's blue and white on the kenner logo yeah it's the only super rare 
Huh. Yeah, now that's the only case, the only place anywhere that those blue and white logo baggies are found is in this particular Vader offer case. And uh, yeah. it was shrink-wrapped when we had it when we had it there. And by shrink-wrapped, I don't mean factory shrink-wrapped. I mean this guy was so careful with his collection, he literally shrink-wrapped everything almost. So all the box ships were all shrink-wrapped. Wow. So when I didn't open it there, but when I got it home, I went ahead and opened it up because you can you can open that thing up without – messing up any of the packaging and sure enough inside there was the boba fett had the blue and white logo which is super desirable and then from what i understand the only example of the ig88 ever seen in that particular bag because those cases also had the, the standard kenner logo that was just the blue outline so it was kind of random did you get the did you get the super rare two color logo or did you get the single blue outline logo so this one had the IG-80, the Boba Fett in the two-color, and the Bosque in the blue outline. And from what I understand, yeah. talking to a couple people who know some of these cases, that's the only IG-88 anyone's seen. So, And I think it's only like the third or fourth complete case with all the figures in the baggies with the packaging that's ever been found. So this is like one of the maybe – the rarest production item ever made. This is rarity on a scale of probably rarer than carded DT beds. Wow. Like that kind That's of rarity. Crazy. It's crazy. And this guy had it in his collection and bought it off a store shop. Right. And he was just I mean, there. That's that's so cool that someone, that all this stuff was bought on the shelves. Yeah. Yeah. It shows a lot of forethought. So those are the three really cool pieces. And then on a more of a social aspect, I think one thing kind of struck me as Phidias was talking a bit ago about us going into the space and we started taking pictures. This is kind of the first thing like this that's ever been sort of broadcast on social media as it was happening. Right. Because yeah, we, we started, which was, which was really fun for us, and I think it was fun for a lot of people watching and they started to see it. But I just, when I went in, I regretted so much, like back in, especially back in the late 90s, not taking more pictures. Of course, back then I didn't have cell phones with, or cell phones with cameras were just coming out and the pictures sucked. So I didn't really ever take a camera. I'm like, this time I'm going to take a ton of pictures. And I even told Steve, I'm like, take pictures. I want you guys to take pictures all over the place. <clears throat> and so as we got there, I'm like, I'm going to just throw a couple of these up on Facebook. And then people started responding to them. And I was like, well, I'm going to post some more. So literally, as we're doing this, all three of us are snapping pictures, posting them onto Facebook as we're working through it. So people are seeing like a live stream of photographs and commentary as this is happening, which, you know, that's never really happened before in our hobby. So I thought that was a really interesting uh, yeah, like new a, thing. Yeah. Next time you have to uh, – what is it? Uh, Steve, you're the young one. I'll have to uh, parrot scope it. <laughs> what? Parrot scope? It's like this thing where you film it while you do it. It's like, a, like you're a parrot who's looking at it. I don't know why they call it parrot scope. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not that hip. I'm not, not that, that hip. hip? No, okay. No. No. And uh, this, uh, I'm not sure. When do you when do you guys think this episode is going to come out? Um, I'm shooting for before Halloween. Okay, so it'll probably be. After this, but you know, I said James. James is coming down this weekend, and I'm going to continue that whole trend as we're we're going through these boxes and taking things out. And what we're going to do is start sorting. So I'm going to be posting some pictures of like the quantities of stuff all together. Like here's all the box ships all together, things like that. So that's going to continue next week. Of course, by the time this podcast comes out, that'll already be done. But 
people can go check it out if they're interested and, and see even what's going to happen next weekend. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. That's, yeah, that is cool to have a sort of uh, real, real time find. Cause usually people try to keep everything so secret, but uh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. It should, should point out too, just for anybody who missed it on Facebook, if you want to see all the photos and everything we're talking about and, you know, what, what's been happening. I actually started a Facebook page just for this find called The Big Pick. So if you go on Facebook and search for that, you'll find it and be able to see all these pictures of everything we're talking about. So some of your listeners may have not caught it on Facebook, and they can go check it out. Yeah, so if you collect Chewbacca, go to my Facebook page with four members. And if you're interested <laughs> in this really fascinating story, go to The Big Pick on Facebook. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, I think the the last thing, you know, uh, CJ, it's been a little while since we've recorded a show, and I actually we publicized your appearance on uh, uh, on our on our Facebook page, encouraging people to go listen to you on Rebel Force Radio. But you're uh, you're kind of getting the the vintage word out there in Star Wars Insider. So um, yeah, I mean, I imagine most of our listeners follow Steve. They follow everything we say to do, don't they? <laughs> uh, maybe not everything, maybe. but I imagine they went to go to listen to your interview with uh, with OFR. But uh, it's it's pretty cool what you're doing. Uh, so why don't you tell the rest of our audience what? Uh, yeah, sh- sure. Well, um, I got the opportunity recently and to get back in touch with some of the editors over at the Insider. I had written some articles for the Insider years and years ago, like ten or fifteen years ago, like around the time of of uh, episode two and episode one <clears throat> and that the magazine had changed editor several times. And I kind of just lost touch, but recently when um, Mary Franklin moved out of Lucasfilm to go work for reproductions, which is the company that puts on the celebrations, uh, her column in the insider of the band, the tracks in the back was taken over by Pete Vilmer, who I've been friends with for quite a few years. So as I was talking to him about to some emails a bit and, uh, I said, hey, you know, can you put me back in touch with them? I've been trying to get back in there. I'd love to pitch some new story ideas. So he, he got me in touch with the guy, and I pitched a couple things, and he comes, the editor comes back at me and says, hey, would you just like to do a column? So, which was kind of a surprise, because I was just, I was just pitching, you know, one-off features. And he said, no, you, you want to do something in every single issue? And I said, well, of course I would. Something right. on toys. <laughs> So, uh, I, I had this idea quite some time ago of doing sort of behind the scenes kind of a thing for the toys, telling readers, not just, no, not just like a toy review kind of thing, but here's some interesting things about how the toy was made, the technology behind the toys, et cetera, et cetera, stuff like that. So I pitched that. He liked the idea. And uh, just started writing writing columns. So the first one hit about a month ago in issue 160, I believe it was, an article on the DT Luke. And my next one is coming out in any day now, actually. I'm planning on doing one on, um, like, uh, the chrome plating, like you'd see on a 3PO figure, the 3PO case, and obviously there are they're back metalized figures in the new line. So mm-hmm, that one would cool. be kind of a hybrid hybrid discussion. But this one coming out, I'm really proud of. Uh, it'll be out by the time 
<clears throat> this podcast launches. So I'll go ahead and spoil it for you guys. Uh, but the one coming out any day now is is going to be on the Comtech. Ooh, if you cool. guys remember the Comtech? Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, the Comtech, if if your listeners don't know, were some episode one toys where you put the figure on the stand and there's a little chip, and when you put the chip up, it would speak lines from the figure. So I, I go into great detail about the whole technology there of how that technology works and what it's doing on the inside. But the interesting thing about it is I tie that technology all the way back to when it was invented, which has to do with a story from the Cold War in the 1950s and Russian spies. Ooh. So it's kind of like wow, this cool intrigue connection, right, to the – that tells a really fascinating story about the technology behind this contact thing and how, how it was invented and how it works and then how it got into those toys. Yeah, the, so, and then I talk a little bit about how the toy line did and there were some unproduced ones that never got made. And I talk a little bit about those, but that, that's my, that's the second one that'll be in the issue coming out like October 23rd or 24th. It should be, should be hitting digital. And usually about a week later, you start seeing it on the store shelves. So then I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's clear then obviously that Comtech it comes from the spy world, but it used to be called commie tech because it was only made by communists. <laughs> uh, I should have made that joke. Yes. I didn't. Well, it's not a joke. I mean, this is very serious uh, stuff. So when we appropriated it and Hasbro took it over, they had to take off because if they couldn't have commie tech. Thanks. Well, it's really cool to, yeah. cool to have sort of the, the behind the scenes stuff for the masses and some of the stuff that we've all been yeah. trying to do and, and people really care. So. Yeah, and I, I started a Facebook page for that column as well, mostly because – well, two, two main reasons. First of all, not everything can always make the article. Either some text might get cut or I don't have room, and certainly all the photos I have uh, wouldn't make the article. So I'm going to be posting sort of extra tidbits as the article comes out. So if you want any additional information or can answer questions, uh, you can go to that Facebook page. I also should mention that most of the photography is being done by Kim Simmons. Oh. who is the original photographer for the vast majority of the vintage toy packaging. So <clears throat> I'm getting some of the photography right from his archives, if it's a vintage piece. And he worked on the toys photography well into the Phantom Menace. So he even had some Comtech stuff he already had pictures of. Uh, and if I if he doesn't have a photo, I'm trying to get a hold of a toy and ship it to him and have him do the photography. So he'll be doing probably 90% of it. So that's pretty cool. But the other thing about the Facebook page is I'm really looking for ideas about what people are interested in hearing about. So, I mean, I had one, I had one idea, one guy uh, post on there. Why did they make the the '95 re-releases all bulky He-Man looking? And right. so, actually, uh, Kim Simmons was able to put me in touch with the one of the um, designers at Kenner who was there at the time, who apparently knows the answer to that question. So, trying to get an interview with him work that in and, and try and answer that question and also just talk about that general relaunch. So. Yeah, thanks for coming okay. on, guys. And thanks for Phidias for, for first pulling off the road and then... <laughs> yes. Yeah, Phidias had to pull off the road. He had to, he had to keep his kid quiet and uh, he has to deal with a threatening message from Bruce White. So. <laughs> Always the worst thing. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Well, thanks again Thank and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you both down the road, I'm sure. Alright. Cool. Bye. See you guys. Bye guys. See you guys.
trap. Pimpin' ain't slick and they ain't saying nothing. A hundred suckers can't tell me nothing. I bees in the trap, beat bees in the trap. I bees in the trap, beat bees in the trap. Nothing is as good as leaving that message and realizing it might not be Phidias. No, that that's. Uh... <laughs> so that was one thing I wanted to do. And then the other thing I wanted to say too, Steve, is I want to once again talk about our sponsor, King Duel. <laughs> yes. So it's daily fantasy, which means that nothing matters. You just throw it. It's like the money doesn't exist. So it's like the money was never in your bank account in the first place, so you don't care when it leaves. Um, so it's, it's really great. It, uh, it makes sure that you don't have moments like we just had, Steve. <laughs> A season-long battle. Between Stephen B. Danley and Sky Payne Fudd. And uh, you were in the lead. You were actually winning the division. You were winning the whole league for the majority of the season. Somehow. You were in the top three for almost the entire season. Yes. What position did you end in, Steve? I think in fourth, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I ended in second. I couldn't beat first. But, I did that, in but it was a, that was a miraculous comeback, and you know the the three moves I made all season. I, I love. I always looked at that like I'd see everyone else have like twenty, thirty moves. Yes. Mine always just stuck at three. <laughs> I just let it ride, and you know, well, Steve. One thing has been shown: if you put your faith in the Los Angeles Dodgers, they will never disappoint you. Oh, okay. oh, oh! That's I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. Uh, oh, jeez! I forgot. You know what? You know, at least I know Mike Ritter's happy. So yes, he is, yeah. and yes, he he is. He's very <laughs> as he should be. As he should. Be. As he should be. Uh, and also, uh, I'd like to officially say that the, at least I'm against the Chicago Cubs, so I'm happy they're out. <laughs> Do you want to know yeah, why, back, Steve? The, I'm going to make that? a polemic uh, thing here. Uh -oh. The Chi Chicago Cubs fans are like Red Sox fans who don't care if their team wins. Okay, so it's all the snobbery and the loserness of it, and like the, all that tradition and uh, you know, frankly, white privilege. But throw into all that, they don't actually care if the team wins or loses. I've never <laughs> talked to a Chicago Cubs fan who didn't at some point say, "Hey, but we don't care if they win or lose. It's just fun going to the park and Harry Carey. Oh, it's fun." So as far as I'm concerned, they can keep losing forever. Okay, because when the Red Sox lost in 2003, I had to go to the desert. I had to go to the Joshua Tree with my friends and just I, uh, sit in the desert why. and stare at the fire and wish that I was a log burning. Because at least then I would have some kind of relief from the pain that I was feeling from Grady G.D. Little leaving Pedro in far too long. So I'm just saying, let's yeah. go any other team but the Cubs. It's not a popular opinion, Steve, but it's mine. <laughs> No, no, it's all right, and that's a fair opinion. Um, yes, but I, I'd say I guess I probably should have gone to Joshua Tree by now as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> <you> should. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right. Cubs are great. I love Ernie Banks. Um, okay, so now let's get to the next part of the show. So essentially, we're going to hit the reset button. So. Uh, hey, you know, maybe you've been listening to us for an hour. You heard about one find. You can take a break. You can go out. I gave you permission to do whatever you want because it's a podcast. And you can do anything except um, you can't call random people and threaten them. <laughs> you thought I was going to release the Luke Hoff episode, didn't you? 
Yeah. I said I was going to like 15 times, but I'm not gonna. You see, I want to get this episode out by Halloween, and it is currently the 28th. So, my creepies, you're just gonna have to wait till next week for part two of Kive 65. I'm gonna have to execute order later, later to hear that one. So let's get this one out, uh, and uh, I'll edit 66 and put that out next week. Um, but you know, I actually, I just watched uh, the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and you know, it's like he always runs up to kick the football. Well, that's what our show is. Like, you'll find a Luke Hoth episode, you know, but you gotta, you gotta really earn it, space freaks. So uh, go on out there and uh, pick up Star Wars Insider and join uh, Fuel uh, uh, um, Dual Kings and uh, just send email, uh, send Steve an email that that says that you love him. Okay. Uh, well, I'm gonna say Wampa Wampa, but then I'm gonna have to call Steve and, and get him to say adios. Your message, I'll get back to you. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Steve, this is Bruce White. I just got done with Phidias, and now I'm coming after you. You think you could just have me paint pictures of Jeff Goldblum and ever forgive you it's not gonna happen steve i also just got through going and killing sky too making sure he doesn't record the second episode he doesn't edit the second half of that episode you did so you know what i'm gonna say to you steve you know it's the last word you're ever gonna hear from bruce white the psychomaniac killer adios